He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole. Colby Powell and Taylor Williams with you here. Uh, you know, yesterday we spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about Patrick Reed, everything that took place on Saturday at the Farmers, and then him going on to win the event. And, and today the plan was to come in and just talk about the golf. That was the plan. We've got a great event in Phoenix this week with some of the biggest names in golf. And all the biggest names in golf who aren't in Phoenix, they're in Saudi. There are very few golfers on the PGA Tour uh, or, or in the world of golf that aren't teeing it up somewhere this week. So it's going to be a great week for the game of golf. But we need to divert a little bit because there was some huge news that came out this morning from the RSGA, uh, pardon me, from the USGA and the RNA about the distance issue that we have in the game of golf. Nearly a year to the day after the USGA and RNA released their Distance Insights Project and stated officially that the ever-increasing length is quote-unquote detrimental to the game, the governing bodies have now outlined three proposed changes to equipment rules and testing standards, as well as six other areas of interest that would result in shorter hitting distances. Let me just give you the three proposed changes real quick. And then Taylor, I, I know you're raring to go here. So the, real quick, the three proposed rule changes or the three proposed changes to manufacturers. Number one, a limit on the maximum driver shaft length. So we're going from 48 inches is currently the maximum. We would go to 46 inches under this, this new rule. It would also tweak how drivers um, are tested for distance, the spring-like effect. And then the other one would be golf balls. There would be revised conditions in which the golf balls are tested for distance. Uh, the shaft length proposal has a 30-day review period ending March 4th, while the feedback period for the ball and driver will extend for six months until early August. Tyler, we, we've kind of known that the USGA and the RNA were considering doing something. We, we didn't know what, we didn't have specifics. We have specifics now, so let's just dive into the distance debate in the game of golf. What did you think today when you first saw the proposal from the USGA and RNA? What was the one thing in our 2020 recap, 2021 preview show? What was the one thing I freaking asked for for this year? Don't dial it back. Don't have a distance debate, and we can't even get to Valentine's Day without it starting. February 2nd, we made it 32 days without a distance and debate. And I swear on everything, Colby. It is. I don't care if it's right about the same time the same year. It is not a damn coincidence they did this two days after, or three days technically after Patrick Creek cheated. And it's they're trying to. I, I know the PGA and the USGA and everything's differently affiliated, but this is some sort of cover up. This is freaking ridiculous. What's going on? I mean, it's it's putrid. And it, there's so many different. You know, this isn't a political show. I'm not going to make any political analogies on here. But there's so many different areas that the PGA Tour could look at to better the tour and for the game of golf. The only thing this distance thing is going to do is ruin the the average golfer, the one that 95% of the revenue comes from on freaking brands, is yeah. what which is what consumers buy. Yeah, and, and just because of the fact that it's nearly a year to the day from whenever they released their findings a year ago, I wouldn't go as far as to say they're trying to cover up the Patrick Reed situation. It is very convenient 
for the game of golf that now the Patrick Reed situation goes on the back burner in terms of conversation. I've had golf today on, on golf channel today. I've had golf central on and the conversation is now, you know, they they did talk a little bit about Patrick Reed and right now they're showing Rory shot, but the overwhelming majority of the conversation has been about the, the distance debate in the game of golf. And, And you and I have talked about this before. And I told you this earlier whenever, whenever we were texting about it, I really think that the USGA, you know, they've done things a long way, a way for a long time. And Bryson DeChambeau at Wingfoot, I really think that the USGA, and maybe to a lesser extent the RNA, sat back and just absolutely fumed over watching him do that to that golf course. And I think... I really don't know if we would be at this point if Bryson had not done what he's done over the past 15 months. I don't know if we would be going this far. I think it's hard to uh, overstate the impact that Bryson and his chase for distance has had on the governing bodies of the game of golf. Bryson at the U.S. Open, first of all, let's put this in perspective. They're pissed off because he's not six under par for 72 holes. Six under par. That's why they're one upset. and a half per round. We want the, we want the winning score to be ten over every time, I guess. And I mean, for just to go back to the Bryson thing, he didn't even lead the he didn't even lead the field that week in in, in distance, and he was over the average in um in fairways hit. So their distance was not the damn problem. Distance is not the problem for the PGA Tour. There's so many um, studies that have come out. The, the clubs is what keeps people like Matthew Fitzpatrick and Zach Johnson and them around because that equipment helps them get closer to the guys who are brutes and are strong because they're not near as athletic as those other guys. Let's their lesser club head speed negative out the smash factor onto the fact that they're able to keep up the distance. If they start dialing these clubs back, all it's going to do is it's going to make people like Bryson who work out really hard. It's going to turn into a brute of a sport and it's going to make every single player who plays out at your local club pissed off because they're hitting it 15 yards shorter. And and let me ask you, Colby. Well, and, and are you going to do two different rules for us and then for the pros? You and can't. then how does that work for the manufacturers? You can't. You, you, you can't do that. You can't because there's no line on where to, to draw it at. You can't say the Corn Ferry Tour is where you draw it at or where any PJ Tour sanctioned events at because then you have your other mini tours that you play. Then is that where, where it starts? Does it start at in D1 college golf? Does it start in AJGA junior golf? At what junior level does it start? There's no there's no lo- clear line that you can draw in the sand because if if you're having to switch back all the, to all different equipment, your game's going to be entirely different. That's not how it should work. There's and how not- much of the average public can go spend the money to buy a new set of golf clubs? I mean, I mean, how how much money worth of golf clubs do we have in our bags? A few thousand, probably, if you buy them brand new. And I mean, you're going to tell the everyman, the common average everyday golfer that's out here at Hefner and Lincoln Park, that they've got to go outfit a new a new bag of clubs. I, I don't think that that works. I, I think that. Boy, if you're trying to take it down to the amateur level, but then again, you're putting su- if, if you try to do anything different, you're going to be putting such a strain on the manufacturers. And, and I don't even know how it would be feasible for them to do what they need to do to fulfill the requirements of their tour players and, and also continue to chase the distance for, for the everyman. You can't do it. You can't do it. And all it's it's very similar to the groove situation that happened what twelve or thirteen years ago now, Kobe. They they tried to say that that rough, that players being able to spin it out of the rough was the problem. Is anyone saying that now? I mean, is is are players just unable to control the ball out of the rough now that we switched to V grooves from U grooves? At uh, all? No. Not no, at all. Not at no. all. Bryson's able to bomb it down there because he can still control it out of the rough because the groove change didn't mean shit 
All it did was it ruined the other everyday player out here because your your 18 handicap can't spin it as well from the rough at his local club. So he's a little more pissed off than he would have been if he could have Ugers. That's all that did. This is not going to do anything for the game of golf except make it worse. And there are so many different areas that the PGA Tour could go in and the USGA and the RNA. I keep saying PGA Tour. This is more USGA and RNA to try to make the game better and especially tour events. And this is completely the wrong direction. They're trying to finger point on things that aren't the reason for the problem. Make fairways narrower. Make greens slower. Make the PGA Tour pros hit off of fairways that we have to at some of the local munis, Colby. You know, make them hit off of dirt. You know, make them hit on a goat ranch <laughs> golf course. If you want the scores to be lower, do that. That is the problem. PGA Tour, the, the, the courses they play, best conditions on any golf courses in the world. You think that they're not going to have good scores? The greens are perfect. I, I, excluding the Poe in the late afternoon, you're going to have some of the smoothest surfaces in if the world. If you slowed the greens down, scores would go up. Exactly. Slow the damn greens down. Put them on a 7 on a snip meter. See if the players complain then. Yeah, they're going to. <laughs> they're going to complain when their ball goes 20 yards shorter, too. And... It's it's just plum ridiculous. We've we've already started to redesign courses to to monitor to fit the modern game. That's where so, I was going next. So all of a sudden, those courses that are renovated now their renovations don't mean shit. So, so so me, you, and your dad went out and we just kind of putted a little bit yesterday, and we were talking about Southern next year. Southern can go nearly seventy seven hundred tipped out. So you telling me that we're going to roll the distance back, and now Southern, which has spent all this money, this multi-million dollar renovation to lengthen the course to keep up with the game of golf, are they now going to have to play all major championships from tees that are a, a set further up? Or, or what does that do logistically? But I, I want to ask you here, because you kind of you sound a lot like Webb Simpson right now. We're focusing on the wrong thing. So let me just read you Webb's, Webb's quotes from today. He had a, his pre-tournament press conference in Phoenix today, and, and this is direct quotes from Webb. He said, I've been kind of saying for the last few years, I don't think equipment is the problem. I just think the issue comes down to golf course architecture. I don't think an equipment rollback is what we need. I think we need to tweak our golf courses. And what I loved about what Webb said today, he gave specific examples. He said, Augusta National's 13th hole. We don't need that tee 40 yards back. What they need is a mid-sized tree 20 yards in front of the tee box and five feet left of the tee box because the issue right now is guys can tee it up on the right and they can even cut it some of these guys over the tree the bombers the rory's the the brooks's the the bryson's can cut it over the tree i added the names webb didn't say the names well if you put a tree there guys can't do that he gives two more examples winged foot's fourth hole it's a dog leg left par four but there's a tree there with branches so the bombers can't hit their cut over that bunker so a lot of the bombers just hit three wood there and then the other example he gave was quail hollow's 10th hole he, he said the bunker is 300 yards to carry it and this to me is the best example of the three. I love what he said about 13 at Augusta, but Quail Hollow is the best example. The bunker's 300 yards to carry it, and if you can carry it 300 over that bunker, the fairway is about twice as wide as if you can't carry it over that bunker. Webb said, hey, flip the bunker, just flip it. So now the amateurs, the shorter hitters, they have a wider fairway. Um, the bombers can still hit driver, but move that bunker back a little bit. Now it's 330 to carry that bunker, and the fairway's more, more narrow on the back side of it. Why do we have a bunker at Quail Hollow in the middle of the fairway that only the bombers can carry right now, and then the fairway actually gets wider? I think it's more about golf course design, and that's kind of what Webb alluded to here. Uh, it's absolutely. I mean, hit the nail on the head, and it's it just comes down to people wants to 
I don't know if it's just old timers and want to see that the the ball rolled back and want to are tired of seeing people hit it far. I, I know I understand distance has become a lot more prevalent in the game than it used to be, but there's so many different reasons as to that. As but, but just besides equipment, and you know one thing that that is fairly piqued my interest, Kobe, is that one thing they talked about is making the size of the driver head to make the driver more spinny. And what what do we when we had Steve Ball on the podcast? What was the number one thing he said? Hitting the ball high isn't the problem. It's spin that is the problem so now all of a sudden you're going to play southern hills at 7600 yards with a t- probably 25 mile an hour wind with a ball and a driver that spins way more than it's supposed to uh, that sounds like a lot of fun it uh, sa- sounds like a blast it sounds it? like they're gonna shoot 15 over par well and can i continue with web here because i Absolutely. mean you're, you're gonna love web the, more, the longer I, I read the more everybody's gonna continue to love web web said now the driver the face is a lot thinner they're bigger i understand that but i don't think an equipment rollback does anybody any good when we can change the way golf courses are designed and it's better for amateurs it's better for pros and there are plenty of golf courses on the pga tour that have stood the test of time because of the way they're designed and, and then the last quote here from web and and this quote holds a lot of water too web said i love the fact that bombers sell tickets and i think they do web continues little kids don't want to come watch me hit a driver off the tee they want to see bryson dechambeau and dustin johnson and i think that's good for the game as long as these courses can kind of go along with that with the distance changes Another thing I don't understand what some of these elite golf courses around the world do, and I know people are going to say money. Well, if you change the clubs, you're putting the the financial burden on the manufacturers. The financial burden has to go somewhere. You put it on the courses to an extent. Why are we not out here where these bombers can hit it, installing more fairway bunkers, deep fairway bunkers with steep faces that unless you're in the back of them and you have plenty of room to get over the lip, you're not going to be able to hit very much club to get out of that bunker and you might not be able to advance it to the green if you decide to take that bunker on and you put it in it. Why don't we have deeper bunkers 315, 330 yards off the tee for guys like DJ and Brooks and Bryson and Brandon Hagee and Luke List and all these guys who can hit it miles and that's what Webb's alluding to. It's golf course design. Well, it's just I, I don't even think there's some that would spend much money. Whatever he, what what uh, Webb said at Quahala. All you have to do, you don't even have to change the bunker. Just make the fairway or before the bunker wider, and then make the fairway after the hole narrower. I don't understand. It's not that hard to make a rough line grow in. It's really not. No, I don't, it's really not. I that don't, would be so easy. I don't see what is so complicated about it. Make the and then just make the rough longer. I mean, you can make the rough long enough. Look at the British Open. You go hit it over and stuff that's knee high, you're going to have problems getting out of it. <laughs> yeah, just, just, and, and that's maintenance right there. All you have to do is not mow. That saves money. Well, and, and I think you and I would both agree, you, you know, I don't think in the amateur game there's a problem with distance. I'm Hell not going no. out to the greens. You and I aren't playing in the Washita Valley last year dealing with amateurs who – are suddenly hitting it so far that it's compromising the game of golf. And if you want to say that Bryson's doing that because he can reach some of these par fours that aren't meant to be reachable, whatever, okay, then put a few deep bunkers out there and make it a risk-reward for him. I I understand that right now there are some golf courses on the PGA Tour that there is no risk-reward for the Bombers. It's just let's step up and let's hit it as far as we can. So just bring risk-reward into it. And, and to me, you've solved the problem, and you don't have to dial the golf ball back down. You don't have to make amateurs and pros hit it shorter, which is less fun for everybody. I have more fun when I hit pitching wedge into a green and, and make either three or four than when I hit five iron in and make either five or six. That I have more fun. Well, you know, one of the one of the greatest golf courses in the world, I believe it was actually ranked number one at one point in time, Royal County Down. I think it's number 17, Colby. It actually has somewhat of a pond in the middle of the fairway. Probably about, it's quite a ways out from the tee box, but yeah, it's still in the middle of the fairway. 
it would not be that expensive to put a little bitty pond in the middle of the fairway 370 yards out or 350 yards out from the tee box. Because in my opinion, you know, if you want to if you want to make incentive on that, you, and then just put a creek and then say, hey, if you want to try to hit it 370, I think you should be rewarded if you can hit it 370 yards because not very many people can do that. The equipment is not the reason you can hit it 370 because, right. you know, because not everyone can do that. There's you know, five pros on tour. Yeah, I mean, Webb Web Simpson can't do that. He's the ninth ranked player in the world. Exactly. So make it, make a 20 yard Creek. That doesn't cost that much. Just dig a little ditch, put water in it, put red stakes on it and say, Hey, if you can hit it, if you potentially hit it 340, 350, you might hit it in the water. So hit three wood. If you think you can hit it 370, you should be rewarded for that. And, but, but you can make the fairway narrow as hell after that Creek. If you want to yeah, make it narrow as hell. And then if, if a guy can hit it that far and still hit it that straight and miss the Creek, he deserves to be rewarded for that. Cause not every player can hit it that far. That is what the USJ does not understand. Distance has always been an advantage before the golf ball got to the point it's at now. Jack had an advantage. That with is distance. Why Tiger had an advantage with distance. Jack won 18 majors because he was the only person in his time that could hit it high. That is the he only reason. He could reason. hit it high and far. High, yes. Yeah, he yeah, was the, he he was the longest out there. He, he could hit a, a one iron to the moon. Other players couldn't do that. If we had to have one irons now, it would skin out the the uh, the ratio on tour talent by quite an extent. And, I mean, it's just, I'm I'm so tired of the focus being switched onto this. I, like, like I mentioned, the other couple, I asked for one thing to start the office, besides that Tiger winning 83. I just wanted no distance, and we get here and... I, I understand. It's not a clear cover-up conspiracy, Cole. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they could have waited a damn week to the release. Timing. You could have waited a week to release this report. <laughs> you knew. And they sent, they sent it, they reported out to the manufacturers on Monday. Yeah, the timing's convenient. Uh, send it next Monday. The timing's convenient. Send it in the middle of February. Send it in the front of March. I mean, send it last week. I mean, come on. Really? The week after the biggest cheating scandal since Reed at the Hero World Challenge, <laughs> and we're going to send this out? Really convenient, USGA. Yeah, really. And over something that's extremely stupid. It's going to just ruin the average golfer. It's going to do nothing but hurt the PJ Tour. It's going to hurt viewership. It's going to hurt interest in young kids growing up. They, yeah, young kids growing up, they want to hit it far. That's that's the main thing they care about. Uh, one of the main top attractions now, Kobe's Top Golf. They want to be able to hit that ball out there as far as they can. Hit the back net. Hit the back. Exactly. Hit yeah. the back net. Yeah. Oh, you want. Oh, let's. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously they don't use Pro V1s to hit and everything like that. But uh, they're using Callaway clubs, though. Callaway bought out Top Golf and they've got good clubs in there. Exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, you got good stuff, but, you know, my point being is even top of the notch stuff, you know, you want them. If you're not able to hit the best of the best that much further, you're going to get people who don't want to go out and try to play golf. You know, they see something they do as an accomplishment and say, oh, yeah, I want to do I mean, I remember a lot of times when I was younger and, you know, especially in Oklahoma, Cole, we know that there's a lot of fields and stuff. And, you know, you just have a set of clubs. You go get a ball and you're like, oh, I bet I can hit it past that pole out there or whatever. Or I bet I can hit it past. I bet I can hit it over those cows in the distance or whatever, you know, just something random. And all of a sudden, if you might get one less player playing because that ball didn't go over over the cows because you decided to dial the club back. That's one less golfer who got interested in golf. That's thousands of thousands of dollars that he may not have spent going forward on golf rounds, golf equipment, um, literally anything golf-related, golf subscriptions, anything. And golf viewership goes into that as well. And it's this is doing nothing but hurt the game, and I think it's a damn disgrace, and it's more a damn disgrace at the timing of when they did it. Yeah, I... I Look, the the only thing 
that I and, and still I don't like it because you know if you're going to hit a longer driver with a longer shaft it's going to be harder to control it's just it's going to be harder to hit straight you know if they came out and they were like all right the one thing we're going to do is dial it back from 48 to 46 maybe I wouldn't throw that big of a fit but they're trying to take comprehensive steps to fundamentally change the game of golf and the way that it's played and, and my thing is that sh- that that ship has sailed that ship has sailed we're, we're already at the point where guys are hitting it this far and and it's not like we've gotten to this point and they're like okay we just want to cap it where it is everybody keep hitting at this same distance they don't want to cap it they want to take it back if you wanted to cap it you should have capped it in 2002 whenever you thought tiger was hitting it too far and 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 now you didn't cap it so now you want to take it back you you literally want to take the game and you want to throw it in reverse and and back out of the driveway once we're already parked and we're already in the house i i I just think that they're overthinking this and and they're looking for a solution to a problem totally in the wrong spot. And I'm so glad that Webb was so candid today because it's great that a shorter hitter came out and said, they're they're looking at this totally the wrong way. This is not how they should be looking at it. And, And you and I both totally agree. It sounds like golf course design is the way to go, not equipment manufacturing 100 uh, shout out to Webb. really everything he said i couldn't agree with now now follow along with me colby i want to ask you a couple questions one is the equipment different today than it was in 1997 a little bit yeah a little bit a lot yeah. right a lot bit yeah who won the 1997 masters that would be tiger woods how far was he hitting it in 1997 oh good question I, mean, I don't know the yardage number further than everybody else on tour he was hitting it about 320 yards probably i mean he was hitting wedge in 15 at augusta was that because of equipment? <laughs> no, it's because he could hit. I mean, he was generating incredible swing speed. Exactly. This isn't going to change a damn thing. It is going to make the brute. Bryson a- is still going to swing faster than Webb. We've seen the data. The better the better equipment helps the slower swing speeds get up to the higher swing speeds. The higher swing speeds do not have a higher smash factor than the, than the players with the lower swing speeds. All this is going to do is make brute golf more of a th- more of a thing, except they're just not going to hit it as far, but we're just going to see them out there doing it, and it's going to just extremely ruin the amateur game of golf, and it's there's so many different things and resources and time that the USGA could put into it, like, for example, making sure people don't pick up their damn ball and put it on a better lie when they know that they're not in a position to do so, but yeah, let's dial the ball back, because that's the problem. Distance is the issue when we got people out there blatantly cheating. Well, and, Give and me just, a break. Just to come at it from an amateur perspective, and just... To give an example, I play at the greens. The fourth hole at the greens is a drivable par four uh, for most people. Drivable par four. So, you, you know, I have to hit driver to get to the to the par four green. A lot of the guys I play with can hit three wood and get to that green. It's drivable par four, but it's risk-reward. There's bunkers greenside. One of them's very deep. There's water short. There's water long. It's risk-reward. But I can get there with driver. A lot of the guys I play with can get there with three wood. If they dial the clubs back, I'm not going to be able to get there with driver. I'm not going to be able to carry the water. I'm going to have to play out 90 degrees left and lay up probably with a, a long iron and then bring 120 or 130 yard shot into the green. The guys that I play with now that can hit three wood into the green... They're still going to be able to tee up driver and hit driver into the green. So what's that doing? It's giving them more of an advantage now over me because they can hit driver to the green. I can't, and now I'll have to go out sideways. So they're pitching from green side, and I'm having to hit a, a pitching wedge or a nine iron in depending on the wind. It's, I mean, it's just going to change a lot of things, and I don't think it's going to change them for the better. How, how exciting is it, Colby, as an amateur player to be able to walk up on a on a par on a short par four or kind of a shortest par five and be able to play the whole well and hit two really great shots and have a, an eagle putt? If, oh, it's if, awesome! It's awesome! It's awesome! How, how many more opportunities is that going to be limited for the average player if you make this decision? A ton. 
ridiculous. A ton. And that is going to take so much joy out of it for everyone. And it is going. It is. This is going to do nothing good for golf. Not one damn thing will come good from golf. I, th- there's. I will make two caveats. One is that. None of these rules have been official yet, so this is just this is just kind of proposal. They're shit. going through a review period. Yeah, so it's not so, so maybe. Hey, maybe if enough of us bitch, get on your social media and bitch. Uh, you, you, we we all need to for sure. Um, like you said, if 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 the, the only change they want to go from forty eight to forty six, that that at the end of the day really won't bother me too much. That's because, not that big a deal. You're not fundamentally changing the equipment. It's just a short. No, th- shaft. There, there's been a lot of studies done too that the increased driver shaft really doesn't add, doesn't add that much link to it. And like you mentioned, I, I use a shorter driver shaft because I hit it first because I hit it in the center of the club more often. That's the most important thing about distance and and at what at what your attack angle is and all that. That that's more important in your fundamentals, not necessarily. Um, and especially if you're going to try to distance people back to where they're not able to have those great things like we just talked about, being able to drive short par fours because not every hole is like that. You know, we're not able to drive. We don't. Not every golfer has driver wedge into every damn hole. And you know what? If they do, I guarantee you, I I never see people play from the tips. They can. Play move back you know that's that's one thing Colby how many out of all the people that you see out at your local club and that play how many of them play from the tips uh not very many the, the tips are the blues at my course the whites are the next box up and the majority of the membership plays from the whites yeah so so majority of the people don't and I would say more than likely Colby half the people that play the tips at, at most courses are doing it just to say they play the tips not necessarily even right. that they need or, or to be just because they're playing with three of their buddies who want to play the tips and they're like well I'm not gonna be the only one who plays the whites exactly. so then they go back and play the tips Exactly. So, so my point being is that let's just say rough estimate, probably eighty to eighty-five percent of players or of golfers don't play from further back tees. Okay. So, if if we're not already, if the average majority of golfers aren't playing the furthest back tees anyway, why in the living world do we need a dial distance back? We're we're saying the tee it forward. That was a part of the thing. We've been preaching tee it forward Has, forever long. Hashtag tee it forward. Hashtag grow the game. And we want to dial it back, but we want to tee it forward. We want to tee it forward so we can hit it shorter. It makes no damn sense. God bless USGA. The, the tee it forward You're a disgrace. The tee it forward campaign. I forgot about the tee it forward campaign. That's indirect contradiction to the idea that we're going to dial back the equipment. It's it's, it's br- pretty amazing, really. Br- br- I mean, it's 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 just a disgrace. PJ Tour. I understand, Colby. If they had to play golf courses, if they had to play a tour event at Pine Valley and Wingfoot and Marion and all these hard courses every single week, you're not going to see these low scores, no matter how far they hit the damn ball. And, and it's yeah. not the PJ Tour's fault that some of these courses don't want to host events because they want to be private and do their own thing. That's great. That some of the courses that want to hold sponsorships aren't necessarily the toughest courses. So what do you do? Bring the fairways in. Make the greens slower. Make the greens harder if you want to. I understand that could um, r- um, hurt the health of it. But if you let them grow, that's not going to hurt the health of them one bit. So, I mean, I'd, it just makes no sense to me. And like I said, you'll save money by not mowing the rough for a week. Seems pretty simple to me. Yeah, I, I, we're on the same page here. We're on the same page as Webb. I think Justin Thomas came out and said that he he thinks it's a bad idea. He doesn't like it. So uh, interesting to see where they go from here. Like we said, it's under a, a review period. It's not like they're implementing these changes and they told the manufacturers you're not allowed to you know manufacture your clubs anymore. But we're headed that direction. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens over the next, uh, I'd say, what, four or five weeks with the length of the driver shaft, and then the next six months once we get around to August with the actual uh, optimization of the club head of the driver and the golf ball itself. You know, I, I just feel like, Colby, with 
you know, with the horrible 2020 that most people had with COVID, for golf to be one of the few industries that actually benefit from, from that, this is a very crucial time for golf. Very crucial. Because if the USGA and RNA and all these manufacturers, if we can get the game going in the positive direction with all these, we need to make the rules simpler, obviously. We understood that from, from this last week's telecast. We don't need to dial the damn ball back. Quit, Just quit wasting time and resources and money on this. And let's focus on the things that can actually make the game better. And really, at the end of the day, we want to grow the game. We want more people to play. Less people are going to play the game if they put this rule into place. Yeah, exactly. What if in the NFL they said, all right, you you can't run further than 40 yards on a route. These, yeah. these deep passes are running the game. These defenses just can't cover you when you get that far down no. the field. Well, you, you, uh, you can't run more than 40 yards. If you do, it, it'll be deemed an incomplete pass and 10-yard penalty loss it down. I think a, a really good example, Colby, you, you follow baseball a lot better than I do, especially college baseball. I mean, you used to especially. Uh, uh, what was it? Seven, eight years ago, they made a, a bat switch in college. longer than that. Probably 10 or 12 years ago. Did it not completely just ruin the game? Oh, it, yeah. I mean, it fundamentally changed it. And it's I mean, just, you it's kinda, not as good of a game as it used to Kind of go into it. I mean, how much it changed. People were hitting home runs. Yeah, I mean, it's they, not they, as good of a game as it used to be. They, they took the, the metal bats away and basically dialed them down to this core bat or whatever that totally reduced the distances uh, that they essentially hit Essentially what the USGA is trying to do well, with and, and baseball, Kind of, sort of. The, the slight difference in baseball is that part of the reason they were doing it was for safety because the ball was coming off those other bats so hard. But it still didn't make sense why they didn't just go to wooden bats, which would have still been better and had more pop than these bats that they reverted to. And it would have been the same bats that these guys are going to play if they get to the next level anyway. So again, it, it, it was another example of a sport trying to fix a problem uh, in the wrong way, going about it totally the wrong way because this hand, these handful of guys at the top decided this is how they wanted to do it and then it impacts everyone else. So, And, and you know, I, I understand, you know, there's certain like, like for example, in the NFL, the goalposts are a little more narrow. You know, the, the ball's a little bit bigger. In the NBA, the ball's a little bit slicker than in college and the rim's a little bit more firm so you don't have as many rollouts. I understand that. So, I mean, you can find some little tweaks here and there for the PJ Tour. Like I said, I, there needs to be some sort of different rules for the best in the game compared to people just going out there having fun. I mean, I don't understand why that that's such a hard thing to, to try to comprehend and get and get structured. I think we could probably do it in three days if we sat down and, and thought about it. But, I mean, we just have to find a line of not ruining the average golfer, which is the main consumer of the game, because we feel like something in the pros, which isn't a damn problem, is a problem and it's it's you know in all honesty Colby out of respect and the principle of the matter I'm gonna stop talking about it yeah I mean it's like Webb said if Augusta's tired of watching guys hit pitching wedge into 13 put a tree up on the left side of the tee box exactly yeah Tiger's Tiger's hitting at 320 back in 97 yeah that's all I'm gonna say it's not that hard so all right we're gonna take a break we're gonna catch our breath we're gonna come back and we're gonna preview the golf tournaments that we've got this week because we've got two really good ones the Saudi International and then of course the Waste Management Phoenix Open one of the most fun events of the year we'll talk about the restrictions to fans what they're going to be doing on the 16th hole this year we'll also talk uh, about the new betting broadcast that will be airing on Peacock this week it'll be a different way to consume the product if you so choose we'll talk about that DraftKings lineups one and done uh best bets the works stay with us here on the 73rd hole when something the size of a golf ball hits your roof you need to call mccray roofing mccray roofing is oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist for years jeff mccray and the experienced team at mccray roofing and exteriors have served fellow oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs 
McCray Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McCray Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McCray Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McCray Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at mcrayroofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McCray Roofing for your free inspection today. All right, we are back here on the 73rd hole. Colby Powell and Taylor Williams with you. Make sure you head over to the73thhole.com. Check that out. You can get the links to our most recent episodes, featured episodes, all that good stuff. You can also click on that week's PGA event. It'll tell you what course they're playing, who the defending champion is, the par, the yardage. You can get a link to a hole-by-hole -hole breakdown of the course that we post every week, uh, as well as just a nice pretty picture of the course. This week, of course, the picture that I posted was of the 16th hole at the uh, at TPC Scottsdale for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Now, it will look a little differently. So here's the plan this week for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. The, the original plan was to allow 8,000 fans. They've now dialed that back after there was a COVID spike, after Christmas, New Year's, everything. There was a COVID spike. They've dialed it back. So there will be 5,000 fans allowed in, in attendance. Uh, masks will be mandatory. Now, we'll see what that looks like once spectators get out on the course. That's kind of hard to police on a property the size of a golf course. But masks are required, mandatory. Uh, temperatures will be taken at the gates. So... Boy, I feel bad for the guy who, who buys tickets and shows up with 100.1 fever on Thursday. But, you know, got to do what you got to do. Keep people safe. Um, and, and then the 16th hole. So usually it's three levels. They're suites. Everything is very, you know, they can pack like 16,000 people onto that hole on any given year. This year, there will be one level of seating on number 16. No suites. And they will have the seating broken up into four different zones that will be spaced out. And the idea is to have spectators spaced out on the whole, like the four different zones spaced from each other. And then in the four different zones, have the individual groups of spectators spaced out from one another. So that, that essentially is the full rundown of the precautions that they're taking at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And, and Taylor, I'm very curious to see how it works, how, how they operate it. Uh, one, one other thing I should mention, typically the fans are like right on top of the tee box at 16. The distance between players on the course and where the grand stands start has also been increased so there's a larger distance from players to fans than there would be on a typical year as well so i'm um, very curious to see how it works because this is kind of the first tournament that we've seen uh here in 2021 dive into allowing fans on the property uh i think it'll be good i think that the players will like it it won't be the traditional atmosphere at the waste management phoenix open which usually houses hundreds of thousands of fans over the course of four days uh but they're doing something and it sounds like they're going to try to do it in the safest way possible so i I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like. Yeah, this is traditionally and has been for the longest time the most attended venue in, in all the PJ Tour just because of the atmosphere 16 uh, brings and it's always held on a Super Bowl Sunday so it kind of gets everyone riled up and ready to go in that aspect. And, and, and it uh, usually ends like right as the football game is about to start. Perfect, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, and unless it goes into a playoff like it did last year. And oh, then, God. And, and, and then, then you got to watch it on your phone because the Super Bowl's on. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So you got to have multiple, multiple uh, outlets to 
stream here. But uh, but yeah, you know, just going back to the safety thing, I I, I think it's good what they're doing. It's you know it it's uh, it definitely I agree with you. It's something to watch because from the way I understand it, all the players and all the media that have been allowed at these events so far have had to be tested. So um, they're not they're checking temperatures obviously, but they're not testing people. And we know how about ace um, ace whatever the word is ace asymptomatic asymptomatic. You can be asymptomatic. They actually say you're most likely to spread the disease within in the 48 hours prior to you developing COVID because you don't know you have it at that point. So you're not taking any kinds of precautions. Uh, I know this cause I got it a few weeks ago. So I did a bunch of research about when I was contagious and how long until uh, I'll be done and all that stuff. One thing I'm really curious about, let's say Rory has, has a decent sized gallery following him on, let's say the sixth hole. I don't even know what the sixth hole at, at Phoenix is. And he blows one right out of the ropes into a crowd of people. And you know, People are people. It's it's human nature. People flock to a golf ball. Will the volunteers there then have to take those people and back them up? Uh, I mean, much further than usual, and tell all these people you've got to get twenty feet away from this go- this golf ball in every direction so that we can get Rory in here to hit it. Because at the end of the day, I think the number one priority has to be protecting the players. Because you, what you don't want is a player to catch COVID in that scenario and then spread it to other players on the tour, and then it becomes a, an outbreak. Yeah, absolutely. And even in that aspect, Colby, I mean, that's that can be harmful for the volunteer. I mean, if you know if the volunteers trying to hold, yeah. you know, tens of you know hundred people coming at you, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of germs flying around. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, no matter if there's mask or not. So uh, I think that would be something interesting to see. Um, hopefully don't have anything bad happen, happen uh, COVID, COVID wise. I'm, I'm going to, we're just going to assume that uh, I, I'm so tired of all these off the course things, Colby, or technically rules. You know, I, I just want to see the shots and I want to see the ball get in the damn hole. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to get into the golf. You know, in all honesty, Colby, I mentioned yesterday on the show, I thought Saudi would have a higher strength of field than, um, than um, the um, uh, Phoenix. Phoenix, Phoenix. Yeah, sorry, waste management. Um, I was trying to think of a funny name to say, and I couldn't think of one. Um, but but the uh, waste management has a 463 strength of field, and Saudi has a 395 strength of field. So just a little bit better in that aspect. I mean, like you said, how many ever the top 10 players in the world are playing this week across both venues? It's going to be going to be really exciting stuff, and um, you know, I'm I'm excited to get in into it. I think there's a lot of different uh, possibilities that you could go down. Uh, DraftKings one and done all the different ways we go, um, and I. I um I wouldn't be surprised, Colby. I don't I don't think either one of these tournaments will have a like an extreme long shot win. I think it'll be someone who's a top ten to fifteen favorite, probably on your best bets. You know what? T- one of those guys in the top ten to fifteen. I think I would take to win both events. I don't know what your take on that. Uh, yeah, I've got when, when we get to my best bets, I've got one guy I really like in Phoenix who, who falls just outside that range. But I was looking at the official world golf rankings, and I think that the only player in the top 10 who's not teeing it up this week, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I missed his name on the T sheet, is Colin Morikawa. I believe all, all other nine of the top 10 players uh, are teeing it up this week, but I don't think I saw Morikawa's name anywhere. But I, I'd be that kind of surprises me, though, because you would think he just played. Maybe I just missed his name because he just played last week in Dubai. He's already over there. Why wouldn't he tee it up at Saudi? He's not, he's not playing Saudi. I know he's, he's not playing Saudi. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so then Morikawa was not teeing it up this week because I know he's not teeing it up at Phoenix. So um, anyway, Colin Morikawa, only player in the top 10, not teeing it up this week. Uh, also, so, something that's new and unique this way, we know uh, that the tour is trying to make gambling, trying to push gambling. You know, legalized sports gambling is, is making its way across the United States. So this week will be the first week that NBC Sports, 
the PGA Tour and Points Bet, which is the, the betting system that they use, will present the first ever golf betting companion show live covering the event via NBC Sports Edge Betcast is what it's called. NBC Sports Edge Betcast. It'll be on Peacock Premium. Uh, and it's not going to be airing for as long as, as the other broadcasts. Uh, let me look here. So the NBC Sports Edge Betcast schedule, Thursday and Friday, it'll be on from 2.45 to 5.15 our time. So two and a half hours. And then Saturday and Sunday, it'll be on from 1 to 3.30 our time. So two and a half hours, but it'll be, it'll be off before the leaders uh, come down the pipe. And essentially what it is, is there, there's going to be one host, two commentators, so three people in total. It's going to be a side-by-side viewing experience experience where essentially what they're going to be doing is following a featured group for that time that they're on. And they're going to be talking about everything gambling related right there on the screen live. They're going to have the odds, the scores on that hole, the next shot, everything live betting. They're going to have it all right there on the screen for you. So I I know I'm a subscriber to Peacock premium because I'm addicted to the office and can't get away from it. If you're like me, you you can check it out. If not, maybe I don't know if they have a free trial uh, or whatever, but this is something interesting. And you know, they're doing 10 hours of coverage for the week. I don't know that I'm going to watch 10 hours of one feature group on the BetCast, but I can pull Peacock up on my computer. So I might have the golf on the TV and then pull Peacock up on the computer because I definitely want to check this out and see what it's going to look like. I I, I love the idea, Colby. And I, I just think it's funny how the world changes. I mean, we were, what, five years ago. I mean, we thought it was criminal to do. I mean, as a, not us, but in a public viewing. It literally thought, was criminal. It literally, yeah. I mean, it was viewed as one of the worst things you could do was gamble. And now all of a sudden we got a whole station devoted to it. I mean, you're seeing it all over the place. Bet here, bet here, bet here. Um, it's, it's, it's like it's, people trying to sell you timeshares. Bet here. It's it's if if it makes money, do it. I mean, it's plain and simple. And at, at the end of the day, I, th- I think it's great. There's there's obviously a great interest there. We obviously do it with our DraftKings and everything that we do. It, it's good fun. And as long as, you know, everything's good in moderation. So, they you know, you try to make rules for people who have addictions, which gambling addiction is, is definitely a thing and, and should definitely have um, be monitored. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, it's fun to lay a couple bucks on it. You know, I had interest in, in Omega Dubai because I laid a couple bucks on choking McIntyre and choking uh, Brendan Stone to let Paul Casey win by four strokes. Even though I lost it, it, it was at least entertaining. So, I mean, I, I, I think it's great, and I definitely think anyone who has Peacock or wants to, I, I'm sure, like you said, Colby, they have a free trial. I think it's something to at least check out, and maybe if they get uh, enough viewers to check it out, it'll be something that they invest more resources into and might expand it a little bit and might become a more uh, mainstream thing. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, I'm excited for that. Uh, just one more thing that Goth is doing to hashtag grow the game, Taylor. Hashtag grow the game. Hashtag at least this one's a halfway decent good one. Hashtag T forward. Hashtag dial it back. Yeah. Hashtag what? <laughs> okay. Hip, hashtag hypocrite. So, so usually what we do is we give our, our full in-depth breakdown of the PJ Tour event, and, and then we kind of touch on uh, the European Tour event after that. Taylor, these events are both so good. They're within 50 or 60 points of each other in strength of field. I'm just going to let you decide right now on the spot. You want to do Waste Management Phoenix Open first, or you want to do the Saudi International first? Uh, we can do Saudi because it's, right. it's going to start first. Okay. So we might so as let, well. So let's start with the Saudi then. Um, where did the course go? I had the course pulled up uh, earlier. That, this is only the uh, third time then hosted the event and inaugurated in 2019. It was the first um, European tour event to be held in uh, Saudi Arabia. Yes. Yes, it was. So, uh, so Saudi this week, obviously a lot of the big names in the game of golf are over there. DJ is over there. Uh, Phil is over there. He's been going over there for a few years now. You remember the uh, appearance fees and stories about all that back in 2019 when they first held the tournament over there. We're seeing Bryson. We haven't seen Bryson in quite a while. Bryson's going to tee it up uh, and let it rip while he still can. And who else? We got Patrick Reed. Headed over there, Victor Hovland, Terrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, Tony Finau. Yep, yep, Tony Finau, by the way, which 
would it not be the most Tony Finau thing ever to not be able to win on the PGA Tour and then take a trip across the pond and win in Saudi? <laughs> would that not be the most Tony Finau thing ever? It, it, it honestly would be, and uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure we probably won't get to him on your best bets portion, but we might be. So you might, you might be onto something. Hey, you I just don't know. never know. You never you just know. never know. He, he's got to do it at some point. We think. I thought it might have been last week when he had a two three iron come, coming in eighteen, and if he would have made par birdie would have made me some freaking Th- money. thought it might have been last year at this tournament we're going to preview in 10 minutes in Phoenix where we had a two-shot lead with two holes to play. Yeah, Webb did birdie the last three. Webb no. did. Yeah. Webb came in hot, and yeah. then Webb birdied the first playoff hole, too. Yeah, so. yeah, well, well he, he birdied 17-18, and then the playoff hole. So that yeah, was the, the three, that was the three yeah. in the row. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, he didn't birdie 16. Correct. Yeah, he played 16, birdied 17-18 in the playoff hole. So, uh, anyway, Taylor, what, what do you think about this event? Who do you like? Uh, I don't know if you put – I didn't put a DraftKings uh, lineup together, but I do have some best bets that I like this yeah. week at, at Saudi. I put, I put together a DraftKings lineup, so I'll share it for everyone. I'll start with um, – I'll go for the cheapest guy. There there was there was a couple guys I liked in this range. The guy I ended up going with was 6,700. Uh, Benjamin Herbert is his name. He's, I believe, 130-something in the world. He's uh, made both of the cuts in Abu Dhabi and – and Omega Dubai to start this season, and um, I believe he finished in the top 30 of this event last year. I know he made the cut here last year, so for a cheap play for a guy who's made a couple of cuts, um, I'm going to go ahead and go with that. My next cheapest guy, Colby, um, would be 6,900, and that's Johnny Vegas. He had, um, had, hadn't been playing since the start of the year, but um, played last week, shot 70 in the first round, uh, got caught by the bad weather, shot 77, but finished T17 here last year in the event, so I think that he's a good player for someone less than 7,000 for sure. And then I go up a little bit in the funds, Colby. So I go up to 8,300. And this was a guy who on our um, 2021 preview show, I wanted to, was one of my uh, tied first to get their game back. That's Thomas Peters at 8,300. I think he's going to have a good tournament here. Um, Such a good golf swing. Oh my God. I love watching him play. And um, I want to make sure I get it right. I believe his two finishes here are tied third and T22nd. So, I mean, he's got a really good experience here and has been playing well as of lately. So I will go ahead and ride with that. Then I'm going to go with, I got three guys in the 9,000s, Colby. I got my boy Bazayden Hoot at 9,100. I don't need to say any more, honestly. I talk about him every damn week because he's just as consistent as it comes um, at at uh, 9,300, going with uh, Sergio. He's uh, played really well last week or two weeks ago and um, wherever it was. Two weeks ago. Two weeks, two weeks ago, ago, yeah. Uh, Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, correct, yep. yes. And uh, so, yeah, he's uh, – I, I really like what he's doing and um, – and no, it was uh, it, yeah, Omega Dubai. Yeah, he finished. Oh, so okay, it, it was yeah. last week. Yeah, it wasn't in Dubai. Okay. So yeah, and and then he finished. Remember, he finished eleventh at um, at Century. So played pretty yep. well there. So been playing some good golf there. And then um, my my most expensive guy is um, I don't know if he'll win the tournament, but if he's going to do it, I think that he might. I don't. He hasn't played here yet. Give me Fleetwood uh, Fairway Jesus ninety seven hundred. I just he's yep. he's been playing really good, consistent. I, I wanted to get Hatton in there somehow. I think Hatton's going to have a really good week. He's been playing really well. Um, I don't know what to expect from DJ and DeChambeau. It wouldn't surprise me if either one of them went out and won by four or five strokes, um, but I w- wanted to build a more consistent lineup throughout there to try to make sure I got all six to the weekend because you go with this, some of those top-heavy guys trying to go down on the European tour, it might be hard to find, you know, since the depth kind of dissipates a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, uh, you know, you mentioned Tommy Fleetwood. He's seventh this week in the odds. So whenever I was figuring out my best bets uh, in the middle of the night, I was up like 3 a.m., so I just spent like three hours researching golf for this week, which I'm sure this will be my worst week on our best bets and one and done and and all of it since I spent so much time on it. But like you said, I don't know what to expect from DJ and Bryson. They're obviously the two best players in the field, but I, 
I mean, I don't know what to expect. We haven't seen him in a while. Travel, all of it. I just, I don't know what to expect. So I'm going to stay away from DJ and Bryson because their odds are so low. DJ's five and a half to one. Bryson's eight to one. Past that, you get a couple guys at 14 to one. Tyrrell Hatton and Tony Finau. And, and I really only wanted to do four best bets. So I, I really debated which one of these guys to throw out as my best bet. Uh, I think it's hard to win whenever you are really struggling mentally to get over that hurdle to win. I also think it's hard to win two times in three weeks. So ju- just going off the simple fact that I think it would just be the Tony Finaus thing ever to not play Phoenix this year after he was in a playoff last year and win on the European tour, I- I'm going to throw Fino out, out at 14-1 to 1 on my best bets. He's playing good golf right now, despite the fact that he hasn't gotten into the winner's circle. Uh, scroll down a little bit more. Victor Hovland made the trip over. Victor Hovland, 16-1, to 1, hits the ball so, so well. If he can just chip and putt, and I know that that's sometimes a big ask uh, for Vic, but if he can just chip chip and putt. He's always going to be there. And then two other guys, interestingly enough, we didn't confer on this. You had Bezadenhut in your DraftKings lineup. I've got him on my best bets. I think you're getting such great value with Bezadenhut at 45 to 1. Wow, that is good. 45 to 1? Finished 21st here last year, too. And, yeah. and that was kind of right about when he was picking for him. Some of his last finishes finished 22nd last week at Omega Dubai, finished uh, 12th at uh, at Abu Dhabi, and then back going into the year, finished T14th and the, then won two events on the um, um, on the Euro slash um, sunshine, sunshine sanctioned event. So it's been on really good form over the last probably three months now. Yeah, and I think he's that the kind of guy who's he's due. I mean, Bazain Hood's due to really have yeah. the big breakout win at some point that we all uh, take notice and uh, say, 33rd wow. in the world now. Yeah, and say, wow, this was a good field that Bazain Hood won this week. So 45 to 1, I like the value there. And then at 75 to 1, I don't know if anybody's taking notice, but there's an old man playing pretty good golf across the pond. I mean, Lee Westwood is playing really good golf. And, you know, he, he wouldn't be my first pick to win the tournament this week, but you're giving it to me at 75-1 to 1 with the level of golf that he's playing, same odds as a guy like Thomas Dietrich. I, I'm going to run Lee Westwood out at 75-1 to 1 in my best bets this week. So should be a great event, should be a great field over in, uh, in Saudi Arabia. So why don't we go ahead and transition now to the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Tournament obviously is a ton of fun to watch. The stretch 15 through 18 is just one of the best four-hole finishing stretches uh, in all of golf. The par five on 15, very risk-reward. 16, usually stadium hole. Be a little different uh, this week. And then you've got the 17th, drivable par four. But again, risk-reward, water all down the left. And then 18, of course, you've got those church pew bunkers. If you carry the fairway, or pardon me, if you carry the water on the left, so it's important to hit the fairway. Basically, it's important to do what Webb Simpson did a year ago. So let's go ahead and dive into our preview of the Waste Management Phoenix Open. We will start with our DraftKings lineups, uh, and I'll go ahead and give you my cheapest option, Taylor, and we will go up from there. My cheapest option is way, way down at 6,100. 6,100. I don't usually go to 6,100. I think you all know this. By the way, I won, I won DraftKings last week. Brian Gay. Hey, hey, hey every, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. <laughs> Brian Gay has played 56 rounds at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. In that time, his true strokes gained have been nearly three-tenths of a stroke per round, which is nearly three-fourths of a stroke per round above his expectation. His course history, uh, he's averaging .12 strokes gained per round in his career at this course. And his experience on this course, he's averaging approximately .23 uh, shots over what his expectation is at this course just due to his experience having played it 56 times. So that's my first pick, my cheapest option, way down at 6,100, a guy who won – 
just about three months ago in Bermuda. Give me Brian Gay way down cheap on the list. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a guy at 6,100. I'm scrolling since 2018, Colby, this event. Looks like he's played um, every year except for one 2015 and only missed the cut in two of them. One of them was last year in 2020, so maybe it fallen. He has been made the cut at the Sony, missed the cut at the American Express. So it'll be interesting to see um, where he goes from there. My cheapest guy, Colby, I was debating between two people at 6,300. The guy who I ended up not picking was Robbie Shelton, so he ended up probably being the better guy. But the guy I ended up picking was Will Gordon. And um, a guy who got out to a hot start last week, I believe, was, I don't think he was leading after the first round, but was definitely up there and um, kind of stumbled in and finished in 40th or so. And um, Robbie Shelton has won, has played here before and has missed the cut. Will Gordon, it's his first experience here. And I just think that he he hits a little bit further than, than Shelton does, so I think he has a little bit more advantage on this course. And then my next um, uh, cheapest guy, Colby, is at 6,900. And, nice. you know, exactly. There you go. And, you know, I, it's not necessarily that he's been playing very good golf and he's he's only played here I once, finished 63rd last year. But it's something just sticking out to me. Finished fifth back at the Masters, finished third in, um, I believe it was down in uh, South Africa, Alfred Dunhill, one of those events. And um, been playing fairly decent. I, I just have a weird feeling about him this week, Colby, and that's Dylan Fratelli. I don't like him. Texas Longhorn kind of looks a little funky with the glasses swing, but you know what? And a lot of times he gets a job done, and for some reason I have a good feeling about him for and, you know, there's not very many times you get a good feeling about a guy who's less than 7,000 on the board. So when you do, you jump on it. So I'll go ahead and ride with that. That way I could build a little more top-heavy lineup. Uh, yeah, I mean, Fratelli, he's played here once. So sample size is small, hard to tell. You know, you never know how a guy was hitting it that week. Finished 63rd in his first appearance here last year. So we'll see if he can better that now in 2021. My next cheapest guy is a guy that I actually really like this week. He likes this course, and I think he's playing good, good golf. He'll pop up on you every now and then and sneak up on a leaderboard. And that's been on. Been on, you know, been on likes Phoenix. You go look at his course history, his strokes gained in Phoenix. Been on is definitely up there. So I'm going to run him out at 7,300. And then another guy who just absolutely uh, eats up eats up TPC Scottsdale is Brendan Steele. Brendan Steele. Now, now granted, I, I, I want to qualify this by saying the last two years he's missed the cut here. But prior to that, he played this event seven times. Only once had he finished outside the top 17, and he had four finishes in the top six in those previous seven. Also, he's playing good golf now. So I'm banking on the fact that he he wasn't playing good golf when he got here last year, the year before. Right now, he's playing good golf. He finished fourth at the Sony. He finished 21st at the American Express. He didn't get beat up by Torrey South last week. He didn't have to answer questions about Patrick Reed. He should be coming in uh, feeling well-rested after a week off, and and he just absolutely eats up uh, – TPC Scottsdale over the course of his career. Yeah, and you know, I, Colby, I had both of those guys in my lineup at one point in time. Did you? Yeah, I did. So we were very close to overlapping. I mean, been on his worst finish here in four starts is 23rd. So he is a horse for a course. I just, and he finished eighth back at the American Express. Every, everything points to him playing good. It's just that I I just have a weird feeling, Colby. I, I had him in my lineup and I just, I didn't like the way it felt. I, I don't know for whatever reason. I mean, I, I just, I, I would have thought with his course experience and um, with that eighth place finished a couple weeks ago that DraftKings would have had him priced a little higher than 7500 so maybe that's kind of what scared me away. You know, Yeah, where, and I think maybe it's because last week he finished 75th at, um, at the Farmers, but he lost nearly three strokes to the field putting last week, 
And, and I just don't think that that's going to hold at a course that he, again, four appearances, 23rd's his worst finish. I don't think he's going to lose three strokes to the field again putting. So. Well, he's putting on his Poe out there on, yeah. uh, at, um, at Torrey. So, and then, so you, you've given two, right? So, yes, yes. Okay, yep. All right. So now, and, and the, my, the reason I didn't take steel, you already mentioned it, missed two cuts here in a row. So yeah. at, at this venue. So that's why I end up steering away from that. Um, my next cheapest guy, Colby, is someone who, who you wrote on the co- uh, coattails of a few weeks ago and ended up being a good bet, has finished six. 16th when you had him in your lineup, uh, finished second, hit that great shot at the Sony to keep his medical exemption status. And another guy who plays really good here, that's Chris Kirk. And at 7,500, you know, scrolling back here, going back all the way to 2011, missed the cut here last year and 20 and 2012. But obviously, he's been battling the medical exemption, so he wasn't in the best of health um, up until that point. And besides, it looks like he withdrew in 2012, hadn't missed the cut um, from 2011 to 2019, except for that one withdrawal. So for someone who's made the cut here a lot of times and has finished, you know, going back three out of his last four starts are inside the top 18, sounds pretty good for a 7,500. Has he withdrawn here at some point? Does he have a, a WD on his card? It's in 2012. It says WD on here. So okay. on, on, I, I figured it probably did. I'm, I'm looking on Data Golf here and it says rounds played 31. Yeah. So I figured the only way we get to 31 rounds played is with a withdrawal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you make a good point. And then my next uh, cheap guy, Colby, is guy I had last week in my lineup didn't have the best weekend, but is a guy who likes this course. Won here back in 2018. We mentioned how he's his health has gotten better. Finished 16th a couple weeks ago at the American Express. That's Gary Woodland. You know, a fan favorite of years. Um, going back here, Colby, he's um, going back to 2011. He finished fifth. Um, we got a 16th in 2013. Obviously, one in 2018. Uh, finished seventh back in 2019. So, this is a place that he likes. Um, so, out of, what is that? One, two, three, four, five. That's out of ten. He's eight of ten on cuts made here. And for someone who I think is starting to feel a little bit of health, I think he had one bad round on Saturday last week that really set him back. But um, I, I, I think Woodland bounces back this week. And, and it definitely plays, definitely plays four rounds. Yeah, and you know, Taylor, as I move on to my next player what would you say if i could told told you that you could get a guy who in his last three starts has finished 12th 21st and 18th he's only played here twice he's finished 26th and 6th at this event another guy almost had in my lineup and you could get him for 7900 you get him for 7900 and that's a local guy by the way lives in scottsdale and you can get him for 7900 I was all over Max Homa. He's played here twice again. He's been good. His strokes gained at this course are phenomenal. He's played really well here the two years that he's been here. I loved, loved, loved Max Homa this week. We almost had an identical lineup. That is not good for I am, you. Uh, that is not good for these guys. I'm glad you changed because it sounds like we almost had almost a full lineup. I, I, I had all three of your last picks in my lineup at some point. Yeah, that would have not been good. No. That would have not been good at all. Uh, the, the next guy, and this is a guy that I'm pretty bullish on this week plays this course well and he's coming in on form and that is 9600 daniel berger daniel berger in his last four events this is going back to zozo but this just shows that he's had form and just hasn't really you know had a dip at any point by the way hasn't missed a cut since memorial he's got a couple top fives in that uh, time a couple more top tens of course he won right out of the break last year but going back to the zozo 17th 23rd at mayakoba and then in back-to-back weeks in hawaii century and sony finished 10th and 7th and at this course he's played it six times He's only missed one cut. He has a seventh, a ninth, a tenth, and an eleventh. Finished ninth here a year ago. He's coming in on form. He likes the course. I am very bullish on Cheeseburger this week. I, I I am as well. I mean, like you said, four out of his six appearances are inside the top 11, and he's playing the best golf of his career. And let's just hope further along into the show you don't share the same bullishness I do. You're up. My pick? You're th- up. Th- that's your most expensive, or you got one left? 
No, no, I got one left. But oh, yeah, I'll give, but it, I'll give two. Yeah, I'll let stop. Snake yeah, okay, yep. So I got, I got two. Yeah, I get confused on these things if it's not automated. <laughs> so um, my next. We need year, to get like a, a a board here, like a monitor that tells us it automates who's picking it. Like like in like in the NFL draft, it, it'll yeah. have the little um exactly yeah scroll you're bar. You're on what, the clock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're on the clock. So we only got thirty seconds to pick or whatever. Um, next guy, Colby. I believe you had in. I don't know if you had him in DraftKings last week. I know you had him in one of our formats that we do. Um, guy who um I picked at this tournament. I wanted done the last. Three years, I decided to waste him at the at the century for a nice forty first finish. You're not, tied for DFL. You're not going to. I'm. I'm. You can't. I, you can't pick this guy and watch the tournament. You can't do it. You have to close your eyes every time they show. It him. is. It, it's going to be tough. But I mean, Colby, I got it. I, I, the first year I picked him in the one and done, he withdrew in twenty eighteen. And then after that, yeah, that was fit, coming off the back to back wins, right? Coming back to back wins, yeah. And then before that, he finished second and fourth. And then the, his last two years, I remember watching it because I had him both times. He didn't he didn't play very well at all and finished fifteenth and sixteenth. So a guy who I don't think he's on particularly the best form of his career by any stretch, but going to a place that he likes, um, I'm I find it tough to see Hideki not definitely not making the weekend. I think he'll be top thirty at worst. He's not lighting it up, but he's made seven cuts in a row. So yeah. it's not like his game's well, totally. Yeah, when you finish when you finish is tied for DFL in a no-cut event. I don't give you a cut made. Well, yeah, I mean, he finished 41st of the century, but, you know, that's the only no-cut event in here. He made the cut at the Farmers, finished top 20 at Sony. Uh, back at the Masters, he finished top 15. He, fin- he finished runner-up at Houston. So it's not like he's been totally off form, but, man, it's just – it is such a drag watching, watching the dude putt. It's And maybe because he likes this course so much, it'll be better this week. Maybe <laughs> maybe this is the week. Right, I ran him out last week in one of the pools that we do. Barely made the cut. Didn't make me any money, so – I've, I've soured on Hideki for the time being. I, and and you know what? From from what you see on that putting stroke, he, it, it's rightfully so. But I, I just think he's 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 a horse for a course. So I, I got to go with it. As long as he doesn't withdraw like he did on me that first year, the dang freaking Hideki. But uh, so, you know, I'm going good through here, Colby. My most expensive guy. Had him last week. I don't see any reason not to pick him to think that he doesn't play at least good golf here. Hasn't finished. Has improved every single year he's played here. Worst finish is a 16th. So, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and run out John Rahm at uh, at the most expensive. Yeah, I mean, he's, fin- he's finishing in the top seven. It seems like he's finished seventh his last three events, it looks like. I, so, I mean, I we mean- can go all the way back to the PGA Championship, which was on August 6th. Here are his finishes every time he's teed it up since the PGA. 13th, 6th at the Northern Trust, won the BMW Championship, 4th at the Tour Championship, 23rd at the U.S. Open, 17th at CJ, runner-up at the Zozo, 7th at the Masters, 7th at Century, 7th at Farmers. The, the dude is just rock steady I, consistent. I literally, I went in and I put John Rahm in and I knew I was building around that lineup. But even, even some of the other top guys, Colby, I think JT, Shoffley, Shoffley maybe not so much. I think he's a pretty good bet. And and Rory too, just be, only his Sunday woes. But I think Rahm is the definition of a surefire bet at this course. So I had to build a lineup around him. Yeah, he's played here the last four years. Obviously went to Arizona State. Very familiar with the area, with the golf course. His four appearances, 16th, 11th, 10th, and 9th. And we've made a pretty strong argument for why he is the only player that we ha- both have in our DraftKings lineup. Yeah. He's my most expensive as well. Yeah. So one um, player overlapping. Sounds like we almost had about five players overlapping. We did. But uh, I'm, I feel good. Uh, maybe it's just because I was up in the middle of the night and spent three hours looking at metrics and analytics, and I'm sure that's going to be my demise this week. Hey, you, you always used to say, think long, think wrong, you know, but but I did the same thing because I had the almost the same lineup you did, and I changed it just because, you know, some things don't, if, if it doesn't feel right, then, then you know, then just don't roll with it. So, but uh, but we'll see where it gets us, and um, it's, it's just going to be a good 
week of golf. Hopefully, none, hopefully we just don't have no damn rules freaking violations. <sighs> yeah, no, that'll be in the middle of the night in Saudi. That's a good point. They, they, we won't see it. I tell least. you what, you get a lot of close-ups with the European tour cameras. They yeah. get right up in there on those lies. I uh, And actually, the Saudi's going to be being played. Uh, I'll have to be up early a couple of those mornings. I've got to be up like 6, six o'clock on Thursday. So um, if, if I happen to accidentally wake my wife up getting out of bed, maybe I'll just throw the Saudi on while I get around. There you go. That'd be, be good. You'll, you'll yeah. be able to see. You can count how many times Reed cheats. Yeah, exactly. Anywhere between 1 and 80. Yeah, I mean, I won't be paying nearly close enough attention if I'm getting around to see all the times that he cheats. I mean, you, you, you have to watch every shot because yeah. you just never know. You just never know it, 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 it's gonna happen at some point yeah so uh all right one and done picks so last week we both had tony Finau in the one and done which worked out pretty well wish he wouldn't have rinsed it on 18 but still both cashed about four hundred fifty-six thousand. i think it was last week you, you would have said before the week take a tied second you would have taken it and i would have taken a t2 you know Finau's not a guy you want to run out the week that he finishes 56th or well, you, well, you feel like you've lost he ground. can't win so the only way you get better is a solo second right. so you know Tisa, <laughs> you know if there's only one yeah. better possibility you might saying, as well don't do it. it on 18 yeah he had it there for the taking but yeah, but, but, I, but hovland had a chance to get it to make birdies and, and to not miss one foot par putts that that cost me money but 26 inches wasn't no one foot and it, 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 it he wouldn't it have, looked like 18 he, inches. he pulled it so much he wouldn't have made it if it was a foot How you're probably that? right you're probably right so uh all right one and done picks this week I'm going to let you go first. I think I know where you're going based on a previous comment, but go ahead. Fire away. Absolutely. You, you said we, we, we delved into it. All I need to say, I mean, I think just right now it's kind of, you know, what do we want to call it? Do we want to call it the, the bacon cheeseburger, the double patty melt cheeseburger? You know, what, what are we going to call it? But, I think we should just let the listener at home decide whatever your favorite type of burger is. You know, if you want to go to, to SMBs or something and get a burger with macaroni and cheese on it, that's fine. It's a Daniel macaroni and cheeseburger. Yeah. If you want to go to McDonald's and get a double quarter pound cheeseburger, that's a, a Daniel double quarter pound daniel cheeseburger yeah. it's and that, and that, and that's that's uh, that's what i'm gonna have for my one and done meal of the week colby is a, is a daniel double bacon uh jalapeno fried onion um macaroni and cheese even i mean you made it sound good you sold me on it so yeah give me daniel cheeseburger we already broke into it four out of six appearances here inside the top 11 playing the best golf of his career i think the only thing going against that pick colby is uh, my father texts me about 30 minutes before he came on the show and said, just put cheeseburger in. Who are you going to pick? So, um, so our dad is is way down on the one and done list. There's like 120 Uh, people in our pool. He's like 118th. It's fun, but it's long season. Long season. We We had Jason Day last week, which looked promising until Jason Day was like three holes into his round on Thursday. Yeah. Before, before he put his first peg in the ground, it looked like a good pick On, on paper. It did. Yeah, it's one of those. It's like where you bet a basketball game. Well, it was good till they tipped off. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah you knew it was kind of like the Thunder last night. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I had it narrowed down to two players this year. There, pardon me, this week in the one and done. I had it narrowed down to Daniel Cheeseburger and Max Homa were my two. And luckily for me, I am not on the train with you and Randy. And here's the reason I decided to go with Homa because. Uh, uh, you know, Daniel Berger, I was looking for a place later down the schedule where I thought I would use Homa, and I didn't find a better one than this week. Whereas Daniel Berger in 2016 and in 2017 won the FedEx St. Jude Classic. There are some really good tournaments in the summer that Daniel Berger has played really well at. So I, I decided that I had it narrowed down to those two. I'm going to take Homa because I think I'll have a better chance to use Berger later on in the season. That doesn't mean I'm not bu- bullish on Berger this week. That's that's purely a strategic play. I, I don't think taking Berger is a mistake for, for you or for your dad or for anybody out there uh, listening. I think it's a good pick. I'm just saving him for later, and I think this is a good time to get Homa out and uh, really... I'm crossing my fingers i can get a, a top 
10 or maybe even a top five of home plays really well. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we make somewhere between having to pick two players each week, we make somewhere around 50 to 53 picks for the season. And to put it in perspective, uh, Daniel uh, Double Bacon Fried Onion Cheeseburger is number 14 in the world. And uh, once you make two picks, this is nowhere close to the four, you know, because all the high purse events you're picking two players so obviously uh, this purse is nowhere close to that amount so if you're trying to differentiate and you want to say oh I want to use my high value players in the highest amount of purses then then you know, I'm kind of we're kind of overvaluing cheeseburger in this aspect, but there was just something that that stuck out to me about him, just his form and what how he plays at this course. And you know, sometimes you just have weird feelings, and a lot of the players I put in my lineups, Colby, I just had a, a positive feeling about. But you know, sometimes that uh, isn't necessarily a good thing. But if you go with your gut, um, a lot of the times it works out for you. So. Yeah, absolutely. So now my best bets uh, of the week, I put these together this morning, and I really like these as well. It's a few guys I've already mentioned that I'm bullish on, and and one guy that I haven't mentioned that neither one of us have mentioned. Just First time playing in the tournament, but earlier today, whenever I placed the bet, he's 10 to 1 now. I got him at 11 to 1 this morning. I had to bet Rory McIlroy at 11 to 1. I had to for the simple fact Rory is close. Man, Rory is close. I, I hope Rory will play good this week. I, I hope that what happened this past week with old Tattletale Reed and Justine on Twitter, you know, and, and Rory saying he, he swears on his life his ball was embedded. I hope that's not any kind of a distraction because what Rory does well, driving distance, driving accuracy, those are metrics that really translate pretty well um, to, to Phoenix. So he does have a, a course fit here in terms of his skill and the skills that usually prevail at this course, but he's never played here. But at 11 to 1, I could not pass up one of the best players in the game who I believe is just so close to getting himself back in the winner's circle. Uh, another guy I bet this morning, his odds have not moved. It's a guy we talked about a lot. Daniel Cheeseburger at 20 to 1, getting really good, good value. Odds. Getting really good value on a guy that I think has a, a legitimate chance to be one of the three guys we're looking at at about 4 o'clock on Sunday to hoist the trophy. Uh, and then two guys further down, guys I had in my DraftKings lineup, if you want to bet long shots, uh, I put 10 bucks on each j- just in case one of them happens to play out of their mind this week. Both in my DraftKings lineup, Brendan Steele's 80 to 1, Ben on is 100 to 1. Now, obviously, your chances of hitting those are low, but that's why they're 80 to 1 and 100 to 1. Yeah. Payout's a lot bigger. So put 10 bucks on it. Uh, Steele wins. I get 800. On wins, get a thousand. Most likely, I'm going to lose twenty, but we're going to have some fun along the way. Right, exactly. Do, do you have the odds in front of you, Colby? Right now, I do. Yes. Um, can you look up a pick? Another guy I had in my DraftKings lineup. One of those guys who I think was a little bit overvalued on it. So that's kind of what kind of dragged me to him. Kind of like been on. I thought he was undervalued, so I'm like, okay, it's kind of scary, right? So I'm going to stay away. But over and so, what are Will's Alatoris odds? Zalatoris. Let's look up on Will Zalatoris. He is 40 to 1. That's the same odds as Scotty Scheffler, Ricky Fowler, and Bubba Watson. I I, th- I think if you wanted to lay a little bit of coin on, I, I don't know, you know, at what point do you consider a long shot? I mean, 40 to 1 has pretty good payout. 40 to 1 is pretty good payout. That's, I, I, you don't hit many 40 to 1 winners. Will Zalatoris is going to win a lot of tour events in his career. So he's got to win his first one at some point. And um, I think this is a course that fits up well for him. I know it's a fairly strong field, so you would expect a first win to be in a lower field, but finish really good. Last week finished what sixth or whatever it was, and uh, has been playing really good for however long now. So I think he's one. I, I think he's one shot back of the mega group that was T two. Yeah, yeah, with, exactly, with yeah. It, he got from six to eight under. Earned him a lot of money, a lot of FedEx points. Yes. So, yeah, so very good. And um, I think at forty to one, Colby, that would be my quote unquote long shot of the week if I was yep. going to bet one. But like I said earlier, I think I think in both tournaments, Colby, I think someone in the top ten to fifteen in odds will win both events. Yeah. So so the one guy that we definitely both love, or the two guys that we both love, uh, John Rahm and. Daniel Berger, both all over him. Oh, all really, over yeah. The place. Sorry, sorry, guys. Sorry, y'all. Y'all might as well go ahead and pack. Get some Saturday and Sunday plans hey, ready. Hey, I'm saying maybe we. 
maybe we broke the curse or at least softened the curse last week because we were both on Finau. Finau got a T2. And, that's that's and a good point. Second literally is the highest that Tony Finau's finished since he won the Puerto Rico Open. Yeah. Now, he did have a solo second, obviously, last year in Phoenix. Um, and, of course, he's not in Phoenix this week, so we can't even back that up and say, hey, I want to run Finau again. But uh, anyway. And, the, and, and, and in contrast, I think Finau will have a good week across the pond. I really do. I know we talked about earlier. We've been the most Tony bets. Finau I thing. I mean, he's I, playing I, good golf. I mean, I think, I think that uh, I think he's going to have a good week over there. It wouldn't shock me if if that was a tournament that he did actually do well. I, you It'd know, be it's, so you know, It'd if be there, so Finau. If there, if there was a teaser bet, you know, you get it somewhere on Fleetwood or Finau to win, you know, two guys who are notorious for cheating. For not winning? For, yeah, and if you get a teaser on them, what their odds would be for one of them to win and uh, what an exact or whatever it is, however you would phrase it. Um, I, I would try to find something like that. It wouldn't shock me if one of those guys got, uh, not necessarily a breakthrough win because uh, Fleetwood's won on the European Tour a lot of times, but I think that would be, I, it wouldn't shock me if one of those guys was able to prevail and maybe shut some of their critics up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, great stuff. Ex- except Paul Azinger because it doesn't matter to him. Yeah, no, that's the Honda's coming up in a few weeks and Azinger is just raring to go for the Honda. I, I wonder if they get Mark Wilson on as a guest commentator. Do, do you think the, the, it'll be interesting to see if the Honda has a higher strength of field than 393 like this tournament does. Oh, that's a great question. Okay, so the Saudi's three ninety three. Yeah. So we're gonna we're, we're gonna remember last, that. Last, we're week, last week Omega was was a two ninety two. It was a little bit less. A little let, lower. let me um let me scroll back and find what Abu Dhabi was. Give me one second. Okay, so yeah, I think Abu Dhabi was in like the two sixties or two seventies, if I remember right. Uh, I've slept since then, but I, I think it was somewhere in that range. But yeah, I, I'm be very curious to see what the Honda Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi was three hundred on the dot. Well, so, so okay. this one, so Better this one, so this one is uh, drastically um, higher. Three ninety five. I don't think the Honda will be three ninety three. I really I, don't. I, I don't either. I mean, I I, I didn't expect the waste management to be four sixty three either. But you know, guys are guys are wanting to get out there and play, which I love. I love seeing all these great players at these uh, at these great events because um, you know that's one thing the tour tried to do. They try to put rules into place that pros had to play so many a certain event every four or five years or whatever it was. And um, you know, it's great to see all these great players going out. It just it, um, and it's good that this week we're actually getting some fans out there because that's the reason that you want the great players to go to these venues. And, I'd uh, energize Rory. Rory's been very vocal about the, the lack of fans last year was a struggle for him. And, and I mean, we're going from a hundred and something thousand to 8,000. It's not going to be 5,000. Yeah. So it's we'll not, have 20,000 total fans over the course of four days. It, it's not going to be a madhouse. It's not going to be anything like it usually is. So that, that'll be, that'll be good. And hopefully everything can stay safe. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, Colby, I'm going to close it with this USGA quit wasting your damn time. Go focus on something more important and quit trying to ruin golf for every other person besides the damn pros, because that's not what you're doing, even though, that's what you say that you are. Yeah, let's put a handful of bunkers and trees out there instead of totally changing the way the game of golf is played by dialing back equipment. Again, you could have capped it 20 years ago. You chose not to. That ship has sailed. You're, you're, you're beaten. You're, you're going down the wrong path. You're going down the wrong path. You're I think wasting we both resources and time. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So uh, great stuff. There is great, great golf to be played this week. I, I'm geeked up for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Got the betcast that I can watch. So I'm probably going to have two different broadcasts going at the same time uh, throughout the week. You know, Sunday it'll be over right before the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. Can't L- wait. Last football game for eight months. It's always it's always a hard pill to swallow. It is, but you know. This, it's going to be a great game. We're, so. we're, we're golf nuts, so we've, we've still got to do on Sunday. Wait, wait, and we got a lot of great golf coming. A lot up. of great I golf mean, coming. It, up. It, it it definitely puts it puts the band aid on the wound for the yes. for the football. So. No doubt about and it. And not to mention when OU loses and can't get in the playoff or or loses the playoff every year, my hopes go out the door anyway. So all right, Taylor. Before we leave, Bucks or Chiefs? Chiefs. I also say Chiefs. Do they cover lines three right now? Chiefs are favored by three. Yes.
I agree. I agree. Yeah, Mahomes, Mahomes, so, Mahomes so, is good. So, so this is who screwed this week. John Rom, Daniel Berger, and the Chiefs. Yeah. All right, a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody, for listening once again to the 73rd Hole.